I would imagine, being who you are, that this is something that you went after. And I'm talking about the prophetic gift, that you went after that. And you said, you know what, I want this. And God puts desires in our hearts for things. And until we go after it, we're not going to receive it. Until we pursue that, until we say, you know what, I want to do whatever it takes to have that gift. And I don't think Matt waited for someone to pray over him, said, you know what, you got the gift of prophecy. Go be a prophet. Um, no, he went after that gift and did whatever he could to study it in the scriptures and talk to mentors and be discipled on it and practice it. So Matt only isn't a thinker. He's also a doer. And so I thank you for that example of being not just a thinker but a doer, of going, out, going after this stuff and practicing and living it. And so let's welcome Matt as he comes up here and, and shares the word. Yeah. He's no stranger to us at Communitas. Um, and you've spoken here before. And, um, but I have not had the privilege of hearing you speak here before at Lydia House. So we're going to pray for you, Matt, after we move all these things. So, Lord, we thank you for what you've uh, given Matt for us today. We thank you that what you've put in him, what you have um, just given him in his assignments and what he's stewarded, and we bless that. We bless what uh, you've given him, what he's stewarded, and we want to say more. More for him. More for uh, those that are around him that he's influencing. We want to see breakthroughs at his workplace and um, in his church and in his community. And uh, would you do the same here as uh, we want to receive what he has to say. And uh, we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Do you have a special uh, announcement for us, by the way? I do. Thank you very much. So, hello, everybody. Greetings. Um, I have a very special announcement. Rebecca Marie, would you come up here, please? So on Friday, this woman made me the happiest man alive when she agreed to be my wife. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's very important as well. Sorry. Almost on par, actually. True. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I'm a little excited. We're a little excited. Um, we're going to have Phil and Margaret pray for us after actually 65 years of awesome, solid, godly marriage. We're going to definitely want to receive all the impartation that you have for that. (laughs) So yeah, I just want to say to everybody who isn't married, um, the Lord is the best matchmaker ever. Don't compromise. Don't settle. Uh, make sure it works on every level and yeah, find someone you can run with spiritually or don't do it. (laughs) Okay. 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 <laughs> um, so yeah. So if I'm a little stream of consciousness, that might be why. Um, we had a funny experience with that actually. Uh, in this social media age, you know, there's really interesting protocol because you know when do you put it on Facebook, right? So we actually had to uh, make sure we called the immediate relatives who 
first on the phone before we put it on Facebook because, you know, you don't want them to see it on Facebook before everyone. That's a little awkward, right? It's a little awkward if people in Paraguay know before your, you know, your family does. That's a little weird, right? That's a little awkward. <laughs> so anyway, just a little tip for those of you getting married. Um, so I want to talk today about victorious mindsets. And I want to ask you guys a question. Is, are you thinking as cool of a thoughts as God is? about your life, about your calling, and about who you are? Are they as cool as God's are? Think about that. Because God thinks pretty cool thoughts. And if our thoughts aren't in line with him, then there's a disconnect. Right? See, so sometimes you guys love the Lord. You guys are passionate about him. That's why you're here. And you guys love to obey the Lord. And sometimes that's not the problem that we have. It isn't that it's where we love him, we're obeying him even, but sometimes we're not agreeing with him. We're not thinking the same way we are, that he is. Sometimes walking in faith and obedience becomes so much more difficult when we're not thinking the same way. Sometimes we have to spend a lot of emotional and spiritual energy building our faith up in circumstance because our mindsets are so counter to what God is is thinking about in that situation, it takes a lot of work. So I want to ask you guys and challenge us today, what, what are you thinking? Is the mindsets you have, are they a fortress of faith that enables faith, that enables you to live a life of faith as almost second nature because that's the way you think? Or are your mindsets just a survival mode? Are they a coping mechanism? And, you know, there's, the, of course, the famous Romans 12.2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it's funny because neuroscience, I like neuroscience a lot, has proven literally that verse, that your brain actually changes by how you think. They've done a lot of great studies and they've proved all this. I mean, if you th the way you think actually changes the way your brain functions. And you actually form, like, pathways in your brain. They call them, like, trenches. The way you think forms and shapes everything about you. And that's why Paul's like, you know, it, it's great that you guys are saved and the spirit of God now lives inside you. You're now in a different kingdom. But to actually function in this new kingdom and our new identity, to actually walk in it in a consistent way, you have to think differently than you did before. Or you don't enjoy the benefits of being a child of God. You always fall short because you don't think you deserve it. When uh, uh, Andrew mentioned prophecy, um, a huge turning point in my life for the prophetic was when I realized, oh, I can do this because the spirit of God is inside me. Not I'm some super spiritual person who has to pray and fast eight, you know, 18 hours a day. Otherwise, God won't speak to me when I realized, wait, oh, wait, the reason I can prophesy is because the spirit of God is in me because Christ died on the cross for me, rose again. I'm in his kingdom now. That's why I can do it. It's because of the finished work of the cross. That's why I can do it. Oh, okay. Flip, mindset change. Oh, I can do this because God's in me. Oh, so I can prophesy. So I'm going to prophesy. Maybe it's going to take me a little while to get the mechanics down and maybe get better at it, but I can do it because God's in me. Now, I've been in D.C. for, I moved out there in October of 2009. And I don't know about you, sometimes if you're, if you're, ever in a situation where you're like, 
I know I need to change the way I'm thinking, but I don't know how to get there. Like, God, I know you're doing something. I clearly don't see what it is, and I don't even know how to get to where I need to go. But I read this verse. This is about two and a half years ago now. Uh, this is Romans fifteen thirteen. if you guys want to open there. If not, I'll just read it. And it really brought a lot of conviction to me. And, and the verse is, Ro- yeah, Romans fifteen thirteen. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace as you believe in him. And then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And as I was reading that, and, and the speaker who was reading it, he challenged us and he said, if there's any area of your life that isn't glistening with hope, it shows that there's a stronghold in that area of your life. And somewhere you're believing a lie. And I went, oh no, <laughs> I'm, I'm believing a lot of lies. <laughs> because I'm like, okay, it's not like, it's like I have some hope in some areas, some hope in others, but glistening hope? Like that's, that's a lot. And so as I'm doing this, I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to start bringing victorious mindsets that you guys need to walk in your calling. Because I really believe there's, I mean, there's general truth that everyone needs to walk in, but I really believe that there's specific mindsets, specific ways of thinking that each of us needs to do our calling. It's like a diet. It's like a spiritual diet that you need in your life to fulfill your calling. And so I'm going to share some of the ones that God led me to, but these are not, I don't want to pigeonhole you. I don't want to limit you or box you in. I'm just going to describe what I, and you don't even have to agree with these mindsets. Like this is just for my calling. So I have a very specific Daniel calling to government. So my calling is going to look very different than yours. Okay. So I don't want to, I don't want to limit it. I want to just give you an example and then you guys can apply it to your own lives. So this was, even before I moved out to D.C., back in 2008, the, the national and congressional elections didn't, you know, I had some, some interesting reactions to those. Right? Um, and so right away, the Lord really spoke to my heart. And he said, and the verse that came to me was, do not speak evil of the ruler of your people. And so I went, I don't, I don't really know what that means. Like, does that mean you can criticize? Does that mean you can exercise your democratic ability to free speech and all that? And I didn't know what it meant, and so I just stopped talking negatively about the leaders of our country. And so whenever people would engage in these conversations, I would just stop talking. And part of it was because I couldn't talk about it without getting negative. (laughs) I found myself unable to talk about political rulers without criticizing them. And so at first, I just went... So at first it was just sheer raw obedience to not to not do it. And I think that's, the, I don't know about you, but that's the way it is for me. My obedience starts out as sheer raw faith. And then I start realizing, you know, why, why is it such a struggle for me to obey? Oh, because I don't think about these guys anywhere close to the way the Lord does. Like I'm not seeing God's heart for the rulers of our country. And I was so convicted. I was watching the movie. God speaks to me a lot through movies probably because I watch a lot of movies and he just kind of works with what I give him because um, I use my time wisely. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, and uh, so I was watching the movie National Treasure 2. Yeah, yeah, right? You guys are like, Wait, really? You were watching that? Yeah, why is, why is the use of time, as I say? Um, but there was a line in that movie 
where Nicolas Cage is actually talking to the president in that movie. And he's talking to the president, and he says to him, he says, you know, sir, whether by innate character or the, the, the weight of history that falls on your shoulders or the oath that you took to defend the Constitution of the United States of America, I believe you to be an honorable man. I heard that and I went, that is so much more honoring and kingdom-minded than I am. And this is a secular movie. And I went, whoa, whoa. <laughs> my mindset needs to change about the rulers of my people. And I just took that and the Lord just put, just put a lot of life on that. And I just went, that is a great way to look at things. That is a great way to view the rulers of your people, to choose to say, I am going to honor these people because of who they are, not because of what they do. And Romans does say, honor all people. And I was going, I'm just like, whoa. And in my journey to start having victorious mindsets and stop believing lies and all that, I've been doing a lot of repentance. But for me, repentance is not a bad word at all. It's not a, there's no negative connotation. In a New Testament context, I don't think repentance is a bad thing at all. Because we've already repented out of death. In, we're in life already. We're out of the kingdom of darkness. We're in the kingdom of light. We already are accepted in him. We're not rejected by him anymore. So now, repentance for us is all about intimacy. It's all about maintaining fellowship with God and the conscious presence of the Lord that's what repentance is, and that's what he was showing me. He's like, Matt, I, I have a hard time fellowshipping with you when you're thinking about your rulers this way. And when you're talking about your rulers this way, because of the calling you have on your life, you have to see these people the way I'm seeing them. You have to honor them the way I am because that's who you're called to be. I don't know if you guys uh, – I love Daniel. I read Daniel a lot, obviously. <laughs> You guys remember the story when uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, he basically goes insane, and he, uh, he's eating grass for seven years like a cow. Do you guys remember that? Because, interestingly enough, Daniel gave him a prophecy, and the king didn't listen to it, which sometimes happens, right? But according to Jewish tradition, during those seven years, Daniel is the one who fed the king and took care of the king. That's kind of big time. That's a little different sometimes than some of the prophetic things I hear occasionally coming out. You know, it's like, oh, you didn't listen to my prophetic word? Well, whatever. You get what you get. You, you, judgment. There you go. You're done. Like, instead, Daniel not only, like, kept loving and kept serving, but he actually bowed even lower and came alongside them. I had a couple experiences that the Lord gave me when I was in D.C. that just really brought home to me how important the people who rule our country are and how much authority they walk in. All right, I'll tell you. So I was in a room. We were at this congressional hearings, blah, blah, blah. I feel somebody coming into the room before they're in the room. And I went, oh, my gosh. I don't know who this is. I don't know who this guy is. I don't even know if it's a man or woman yet. But whoever they are, they walk in incredible authority. And it was different than an anointing in the church because this wasn't good or bad authority. It was just authority. It wasn't, you know, it didn't feel good or bad. And, and, and the person came in, and you would know who it is, but I just went, 
whoa. I have never felt that kind of authority on another human being so far. And I looked at that and I went, oh my Lord, I need to help these people. I need to serve them. <laughs> like, I need to serve them. Because they need help. And so my mindset starts to change. So I start to see them not as these, and again, this is my calling, so, you know, you can still exercise democratic right to criticize government, you know, all that. Um, but I just can't. And I think for all of us, in your life, there's the way you think about certain things. I like how Paul says it. He said it many times. When it comes to your calling, sometimes others can, but you can't. Others may have freedom to do something, but you can't. So others may have freedom to talk about the government in a certain way, but I don't. I have to look at government leaders a certain way because if I don't, my heart starts going down the wrong road. And if I open that door, it it's quickly leads in that direction. And so for whatever your calling is, there's probably areas like that. There's areas where you just can't go there in your heart or in your mind. Others maybe can, other, other great believers who, who walk in great stuff, but, but it doesn't matter because it's your calling and it's your heart before the Lord. And for me, I've found that there's just certain things I cannot say or even now think about the rulers of my people and government in general. Because if I do, my heart connection with the Father gets disconnected because of, because of my calling. So, actually, you know what? Let's just, let's just stop for a minute and pray for a second. And let's just think about that, and let's just ask the Holy Spirit to just bring some of those things to mind for you each all individually of, of ways... <laughs> and I just want to this might be this might seem a little negative but I just want the Holy Spirit to bring back times when you felt disconnected and maybe just a little God might give you a little insight of why you felt disconnected in that moment because if, if you're running crosswise with your calling and you start feeling your heart go in a direction that isn't yours so, so let's just pray so Father would you just bring revelation to us right now of some ways that we can improve our mindsets. Father, it, would you just gently start showing us areas that it's just not good for us to go down in our heart and our mind? Would you just show us this show us the boundaries for our thought life, for our calling? So you just keep chewing on that, and as the Lord brings stuff up, because and by the way, this is permission. You may never get this again in a, as a speaker, but if you have rabbit trails that the Holy Spirit's leading you down as you're thinking, go ahead and just feel free to tune me out and just go with it and write down, yep, permission to tune me out. That's good. This is good. So just write it down, and if the Lord's doing something, go ahead, and I'm just going to keep talking. So whole permission to not pay attention to me. This is good. So the next movie that the Lord spoke to me through is good. The movie Lincoln. Anybody see the movie Lincoln? Isn't that a great movie? <laughs> well, I had an interesting thought while I was there. And the thought was, I wonder if people knew, people who were living in the time of Lincoln knew who Lincoln would become if they would have treated him differently. 
Uh, you see where I'm going with this, don't you? <laughs> if they would have known the impact that Lincoln would have had on our country, would they have treated him differently? So, if we see with the eyes of the Spirit the impact that people are actually going to have, are we going to treat them differently? And this is not an argument to say that we're going to give everybody a pass and, and not never criticize. In fact, it's probably an argument for more loving confrontations and more and deeper discipleship and mentorship because if you really know a person is that important, you are going to love them enough to pray for them and maybe pull them aside if there's something they're doing that doesn't fit with their calling. But I was thinking about that, I and mean, especially in the region I'm in, because there's so many people with incredible anointings and callings. And some of my coworkers, as I'm looking there, and, and you know, just like all of you guys, you have good days and bad days, and, and some days you're just like, what am I doing here? <laughs> What's going on? This is so annoying. I just want to go home. But other days you, you're looking at it and you go, if you start seeing your coworkers and my bosses as people who can literally be used to save this country, your mindset shifts. And suddenly serving them and honoring them and obeying them, even when you don't agree with them, becomes way easier. I was talking to a guy at church, and he was struggling a little bit with, he, he really wants to be in full-time ministry, as he called it. And we talked a little about, well, what do you mean by full-time ministry? But he says, well, I'm a part-time worker at Starbucks right now. I'm not really doing much for the kingdom. I'm like, let's, well, let's unpack that for a little bit. What do you mean you're not doing much for the kingdom? He's like, well, I just work at Starbucks. I'm like, uh, what? Yeah, so what can't God do at Starbucks that you think he can do when you're, quote, unquote, in full-time ministry? And he's like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, okay, so you're at Starbucks. First of all, people like Starbucks more than they like church. <laughs> people feel way more comfortable at Starbucks than they do at church. People have way more real conversations at Starbucks than a lot of churches. And he's going, uh, okay. And I'm like, so you right now, you have authority and access into the corporation of Starbucks, which is all over the world. You have a lot of authority in that store that you work at. You even have authority regionally, and you're, you're, you're in, man. You're Levin. You're, you, you, you're in. You are in the system. You have authority to pray that things happen at Starbucks that are awesome, that God encounters happen that people have awesome encounters at Starbucks, that people start thinking about God at Starbucks, that people start, that the kingdom starts coming at Starbucks. Like, dude, what can't God do through you at Starbucks? It's all about your mindset. Because we are the light of the world. Right now, you are. You are the salt of the earth. It's not a, it's not you will be when you're someday awesome. And when you, you know, go to so many conferences or go to some awesome Christian college or training ground, you are right now. You are the light of the world. And for me, a big mindset shift happened in D.C. when I started. <laughs> See, when I get up in the morning, I am absolutely excited to get to work to say, okay, God, I want to see your kingdom come in my job and in government. See, for me, the main show is Monday through Friday. It's not Sunday. Sunday for me is where we get re-equipped to go back out there to extend the kingdom wherever we are. Like this to me is like, this is great because it's like, hey, what worked for you? How was, your, how was your exciting week of extending the kingdom? Was it fun? Did it work? Did that work? No, this didn't work. I need some help. Okay, okay. Or yay, let's give a testimony and see how great it was. 
or let's get a little tool. Or I'm really having trouble with this. Can I have breakthrough? Maybe you have insight that I don't. And that's what I see fellowship as. It's like a re-equipping. So you go back out there because that's, that's what every one of you does wherever you are is you're bringing salt and light and you're bringing the kingdom wherever you go. Now, whatever that means, okay, when people say, well, what do you mean by extending the kingdom? <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> I struggle with metrics. Like, how do I know I'm bringing the kingdom? Because some people have asked me that at, at work. Like, well, how many people have gotten saved in your office? I don't know. Well, well, well how many people have been healed? I don't know. I haven't prayed for anybody for healing. What do you mean? What do you mean you haven't prayed for anybody healing? Yeah, I feel like you don't exactly know what I do there. <laughs> That's really not something I can do at work. <laughs> but I'm still called to bring the kingdom there. So my bringing the kingdom in my job looks way different than it does in, for other people in other contexts. And I've come to a place, another mindset, where I don't feel the need to spend energy justifying how my calling looks to other people. You know, because sometimes like people don't quite get your calling and they don't quite understand it. And so they want it to fit into a, a box. Your calling doesn't have to fit into a box. Your calling is your calling whether anyone ever encourages you in it or defines it accurately to you. It's really fun when people do and when people understand your calling and they can define it and they can give you names for it and terms and they can put it in Christian books and you can go to conferences and you're like, I'm that, yeah, I'm that. And then you all get in a corner and you, you know, go out to lunch and it's great. I mean, that's fun, right? It's really fun when you can do that. It's fun because then you, you, you know, camaraderie and it's great and that's all fine. But for a lot of people, that never happens. And that's okay, by the way. It's okay because you're, you're still called. It's okay. You're still called. It's fun. <laughs> you like that? So one more mindset that God gave me, and then we're going to pray a little bit. I don't know how long I'm going. I don't want to go too long because I think you guys got it already. No need to keep going. The next mindset that God gave me, and this, this is interesting, I think, maybe <laughs> given the news and what's going on with recent legislative and congressional stuff. The Lord, there were some interesting things going on in my office, blah, 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 and the Lord just spoke to me, and he's like, so how long will you mourn for Saul? So the context for that, in case you don't know, is when the Lord finally rejected Saul as king, and he, he appointed David, Samuel the prophet, he was kind of depressed, because, I mean, you know, Samuel, like, Saul was this guy, and he was going to save Israel, and he had anointed him, and he had invested in him, and then God's just like, hey, um, so how long are you going to mourn for Saul? Because I've already moved on. So you get to move on too. And I think for me and maybe for some of you, there's plans in our life. There's things that didn't go the way we thought they would. And it's like, and we're still mourning for Saul. We're still mourning for the past. Or it's like, oh, if only this person would have happened, this would have happened, this person would have got elected, blah, 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 blah. It's okay. God's still on the throne. The kingdom is going to come in all its fullness. Don't worry. If something didn't happen, you get to move on. If Saul didn't work out, it's okay, because David's coming. It's okay. So don't mourn too long for Saul. <laughs> Even though Saul was great, right? And I think the church right now in America is coming to a place, it's a similar place to that and in Isaiah where 
King Uzziah dies, remember that? And he sees the Lord high and lifted up in chapter 6. Historically, if you don't know the context for that, King Uzziah was like going to be the savior of Israel. He was like an awesome guy, loved the Lord. He was a great ruler. He was going to save Israel from his people. It was going to be sweet. It was going to be everything that the Israelites always wanted. And then he died. And then Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. So for the church in America, I feel like that's kind of where we're at. Like we've had all this hope in human systems and human people and all these things, and they've all let us down in one degree or another, no matter what side of the political aisle you're on. They've all let us down. And so now we get an opportunity to say, okay, let's see the Lord high and lifted up. Okay, I think you guys got it. There's one other cool verse that I like. First John 2, 5, false. First John 5, 4 through 5. It says, every child of God overcomes the world. And we do this through our faith. Every single child of God, all of you overcome the world through your faith. And you do it every day in the context that you're in. Don't sell yourself short. We, gotta, we, we have permission to believe the word of God over our external circumstances. We have permission to have a mindset that's filled with the spirit of God that shows us a reality that's beyond temporal circumstances. I tell you, there's a lot of days in government where I'm like, I don't really see a lot of impact for what I'm doing. But I know that I'm called to be there. I know that God has put me there. I know that I'm called to be there. And that gives me extraordinary hope that I am bringing the kingdom because I'm there. Because he's called me. Because he's with me. So wherever you are and whatever context you're in, don't settle for just evaluating your life and your calling by external fruit that you're seeing. We love external fruit. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) That's awesome. We want fruit. But if you're Daniel, like what was the fruit of his ministry? I served a bunch of rulers and came in and out and all this stuff, and I gave them some words, and they didn't listen to most of them. Then I wrote a book that people didn't read for hundreds of years later. And then I died. (laughs) Success! Right? (laughs) Anyway, so just just a thought. Victorious mindset. So let's ask the Holy Spirit. I I really feel like there's some – God's going to give you guys some verses or some concepts – or some ideas for you individually. So I want to spend a little time individually in prayer. And then we're going to break up into groups, you know, two, three, four, whatever protocol is. And then after we do that, we're going to take communion together. And I think, I think what might happen is a little fun repentance might happen. We might do some fun repentance of, I get to trade my old, not-so-good mindset, not-so-kingdom mindset for an even better mindset that's based on the word of God and full of the spirit and full of what he's doing in my life right now. And by the way, mindsets can change throughout the years because your calling might shift. But I want you to ask the Lord for what is the mindset that you need right now to conquer your circumstances. Not just cope. Not just survive. Not just barely, I'm going to make it to glory. Ah, Rapture, where are you? Right? but actually overcome and conquer your circumstances and bring the kingdom of God because that's what you're doing. Would you say that again? If I can, yes. 
what mindset do I need right now to conquer my current circumstances? And bring the kingdom of God. Right. Because we don't just want to cope. Right. Because we know we have the spirit of God inside us. All power and authority is right there. You know, actions follow belief. And belief follows what you're thinking. So if you want to change how you're acting, the best way to do it is actually change how you're thinking. Because you can repent from actions, but if you don't change your mindset, you'll still do the action. Because the reason you did the action is because you think a certain way about yourself or your circumstances, which leads you to a certain conclusion about life, which then leads you to act a certain way. Like, for example, if you believe you're a rotten, terrible sinner, you're going to sin by faith. If you believe you're an awesome, victorious person full of the Spirit of God, who, every time you encounter someone, the Spirit of God encounters them, and they're changed in some measure, way, or form, your life is going to radically change because you're walking in that mindset. Here's a, fu- here's a fun one. Here's a fun one. Maybe. I know, right? I, I'm sorry. It's like a super long run-on sentence. So how about this? Here's a cool mindset. Every time you interact with someone, the Spirit of God is influencing them. You know John Wesley? You guys know John Wesley? Cool guy, founded Methodism. He had a really victorious mindset. You know what he, th- he believed? He believed that God had prepared everything in his day. Every person, every circumstance, every person he talked to, every person he wrote a letter to, everybody he passed on the well, street, on the cobble road as he rode his horse, <laughs> God had already gone before them and he prepared their hearts. So in his life, everything was a God encounter. That's a powerful mindset. And if you start thinking, like, every person I'm seeing today, doesn't matter if they're in a line, doesn't matter if I stop and witness to them or not, every person I'm seeing, because I carry the presence of God with me, is being influenced by the Spirit of God. And it's it's a divine encounter. They needed something that I have, and that's why they're in my life right now. The reason that person at the counter at the grocery store is there is because they need something I have. That's why they're there, and that's why this is happening. That's why the phone call I'm making to the annoying person on the phone because my bill was wrong for my credit card, the reason I'm talking to that person right now is because that person needs what I'm carrying, and the presence of God is going through my voice into that person and influencing that person. Whoa! What if you believe that every time you pray for someone, they are powerfully impacted? And you believe it, not because of some arbitrary reason or some works of the flesh or because you jump through some religious hoops. You believe it because you believe the gospel and it says that the spirit of God is inside you and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And it has nothing other than to do with the cross and everything that Jesus already did. It's fun for me when I go into work and I go, I am right now bringing the light and the presence of God right now. And I get in really early to work. So sometimes I'm the only one in the office and I just get to welcome the Holy Spirit in and say, God, let's partner together and let's bring your kingdom. I invite light and love to just flow in this place and wisdom and revelation. Let's do it.
Okay. That was a long rabbit trail. Found fun. If you want me to repeat any of that, it might be difficult. <laughs> so let's ask, let's pray for a little bit. And let's just ask the Lord, what victorious mindset does he want to give us right now for our current circumstance so that we can conquer it? No more coping. You get permission right now to let go of a coping mechanism, a coping mindset, of a survival mindset. I'm not saying they're always wrong. I mean, life is hard sometimes. But let's let them go and let's go higher into a kingdom mindset. So Holy Spirit, right now, would you just bring to our minds verses, ideas, mindsets, thought patterns that we need right now in our life to conquer our circumstance. And, and Father, we, just, we are just going to step out in faith and hold up all the mindsets we have right now. And we're just going to give you permission to take them out if you don't like them. Tweak them. Because we want to fellowship with you and maintain connection with you in our thought life. And don't be, don't be alarmed or worried at all if you're, not, if you're not getting as many specific things as you would like. There's always, then you just go back to awesome, never-changing scriptural truths. You are the light of the world. You are a city set on a hill. You are the salt of the earth. Every child of God overcomes this evil world, and you do it through your faith. You are the fragrance of Christ to everyone around you. And those things are true, and you'll see even more impact of those truths when you actually believe them. So I'm going to pray a quick blessing over you. Then we're going to get into small groups. And what I want you guys to do is just talk about this. Pray through some stuff. 
if, if you guys had mindsets that came to you, write them down or if, and then pray for each other and just pray for breakthrough, pray for, for mindset breakthrough. And, and I want to, I want to just encourage you guys for, if, if there's some stinking thinking you have maybe, and you need to get rid of it. Um, it only takes 21 days to form a habit. And if you just start confessing or reading or thinking about these kinds of things, you start the pattern of forming a mindset and it only takes 21 days and it's there and you start forming and then your mind actually starts getting transformed and you will start changing. And it won't be this big struggle of like, I don't understand why I'm not in faith all the time. Uh, it's probably because you're not believing you can be in faith or you believe you have to be some super spiritual person before you can. Our mindset shifts, our thought patterns shift, our whole life changes for the better. And that's what you get. You get permission to think like God does about your circumstance. And they're way better than we're thinking. So, Father, I just bless all of us right now with with a spirit of wisdom and revelation to first perceive, understand, and remember the thoughts that you have for us. Father, we want to think your thoughts about our circumstances. Father, we love your word. We love that your word renews our minds. Would you give us the word that we need now, the rhema and the written word, so that we can conquer our circumstance, that we can start partnering with you, agreeing with you, and thinking about things the way you do. So, Father, we're open to that, and we're open to you changing it and telling us to tweak our thinking. We're excited about that. We love repentance. We love fellowship. We love intimacy with you. It's not rejection. It's an awesome opportunity to know you more. Okay. So small groups of, or yeah, two or three or however protocol is. (laughs) Two or three. three, Yeah, two or three. Two or three. Sounds good. Pray with each other, and then... You can move the furniture. Feel free to move around. Coming back on the couch there, so you're back together. You here. You start getting in groups right now. Yeah. Small groups. And, and definitely make sure you pray with each other for this, for help and grace. Help each other out. And then afterwards, we're going to do communion together. That'll be fun. <laughs>